Hello, everyone. Back again tonight. Uh, Saints and Chains here. And hopefully shortly we will be joined by uh, Tish. And she is a incredible, incredible lady. Um, not enough can be said about her and what she does. She is real world, um, totally hands in the mud, not afraid to get dirty. Um, I mean, uh, Haas, you've known her longer than I have. And yeah, she she runs Central Nebraska Human Trafficking and Immigration Outreach. She, uh, yeah, she's not afraid to go toe to toe with anybody. No, no, that de- definitely not. Not in no no respect to her persons in any in any way, shape, or form. It's it's uh, it's fun to see a lot of times. And she just she just sent me a message saying that she's uh, getting it all set up. So I guess we can we can shoot the bull here for a couple of minutes while we're waiting for her to join us. But, um, anyway, yeah, she, her, a lot of her work is actually done with, uh, minority communities, um, Hispanic, Latino. Uh, so she's got a very unique perspective, uh, which we'll hear from her this evening, uh, about, about human trafficking within those, those subcultures here in the U S and, uh, yeah. and she deals with a lot where it's the uh, the missing persons. Yes, that get caught up in trafficking. Yes, she ends up with that a lot. So when people tell you that it doesn't, you know, that one isn't doesn't lead into the other, she's the perfect one to tell you that they're a little off. Yeah, yeah, and and she has been a staunch ally of the Crusader Foundation since day one. Um, I mean, she comes to us for help and, and, you know, if we need to bounce things off her, she's, you know, she's kind of the same way we are where phone's always there. So, and she's, uh, she does it a lot like we do as well, where um, it's, it's really out of her own pocket that a lot of this stuff gets done. Yeah, she struggled for a long time to try to get any kind of assistance at all because she just got a lot of doors shut in her face about it. Yeah, you know because she was she was actually really in all reality she was one of the first ones in the state to really start pitching a bitch about everything that's going on. Yeah, yep. And she she uh, does cover the. Nebraska state area, but she's also, I know she's done work in Iowa. She's done some work in Missouri and yeah, she'll work through all the central states. She, she really doesn't have any boundaries. No, but no. And she, her, her, she's located based out of Nebraska. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, getting, getting a scent on something she's like she's like a dog with blood you know she doesn't let go that bulldog mentality so uh, still waiting on her hopefully it's hopefully it's working for her so um i guess while we're waiting i guess we can give them a little bit of a rundown on on some of the stuff maybe tentatively we have going on some of the subjects we're going to be looking at 
and knock yourself out. Okay. So we do have a uh, – we've been tossing around some ideas for direction about where we're going to go um, with these podcasts because ultimately, obviously, our goal is to, to enrich everyone's uh, who listens' understanding of what happens, <clears throat> give them some perspective that you obviously will not get from any mainstream source. Um, you know, we, we do that through our social media platforms, but we feel – you know, that this podcast is really the best way that we can add that personal touch um, to what we say. Um, So expect in the upcoming weeks that we're going to start to kind of shift and kind of try to go more towards the front line. Um, Initially, we did give you guys a lot of a lot of information, um, some theory, I guess, I guess what you could call theory, unless you've lived it, uh, of what to look for things to be aware of angles. Maybe some people haven't thought of, um, hopefully it's, it's helped you all to see, see around the corners a little bit, um, and not, not be sheep. But, uh, ultimately we really want you guys to understand that this is, this is everyday life for a lot of people. Obviously it's going to be a small minority who are actually truly engaged in, in the fight, but we do want, we do want you guys to understand that this is a life and a way of life for more than just us. Um, and if it was just for us, that should be enough, but we really want to try and broaden horizons and get you guys a lot of different perspectives from a lot of different places. Um, maybe even address. Yeah, go ahead. We need to let people to know that there's more than just one bunch of crazies out there. That, that that's 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 probably the best way that it could have been put right there uh, <laughs> so but um you know we're gonna I, I without giving too much away we're gonna try we're gonna be pulling even from some some places that um as far as i'm aware other ngos and uh, other groups really don't go we're gonna actually talk to some people who are branded and and labeled and and witch hunted um unfairly and unjustly as part of this whole fight so um look forward to getting into that and 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 getting to hear from some people from some other countries too. um get some global perspective and i know you guys hear us bitch about all the time work in your own backyard don't worry about what's going on in zimbabwe but we you know at the same time we do realize that it's an international problem that really doesn't know borders um, in so far as how far reaching it is. So we are going to get you guys some perspective there as well in the, uh, in the weeks to come. So, um, as that goes, we'll just, you know, stay tuned. Um, and, and as life happens, we'll get these out, uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, and we will be doing a, uh, a, I guess we'll be doing an episode uh, about the about the world's largest motorcycle rally that everybody seems to have such a hard on about. Yes, yeah. Give give a little bit about that as a way of a precursor because you're you're going to be the the resident expert. Well, we just it, it's the issue of trying to let people know the real ins and outs and basically what's real and what's fake. You know you. Because you're going to hear all kinds of jacked up false statistics after after things are over, you know. Because anybody that wears a leather vest and a set of chaps is 
is evil, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody that's wearing, wearing a, a patch on their back, everybody makes them out to be the worst people in the world, you know, which is a far cry from what it is. Um, but the, the trafficking issue when it comes to these rallies is so blown out of proportion. And you, you know, just like I said, you hear so many false statements, and we want you to really know what really goes on. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat it and say it doesn't happen, but but you're not going to, you know, some of the some of the things you hear about what they're doing in in a town somewhere in your in your local town you're you're probably going to see more people being trafficked than what you're going to see trafficked at that motorcycle rally. Yes. And people who follow our page, um, last year at the same time, we actually put out a, um, I believe it was, it was something sort of rantish um, about the whole uh, Sturgis rally um, because the there was a massive joint agency task force. The feds and the state were involved. And they were touting this. It was eight, I think, was the number of yeah, was, of human traffickers that they, they that's what they called them that they got out of that whole scenario. Minuscule number for the amount of people that invade that that city. Yes, and, and we did. We shared we shared the uh, the article, and it was ridiculous considering that that year there was what was it at, at that time? It was like the last week of Sturgis, so there was what five hundred thousand people there. Uh, yeah, I think it was just, I think it was like 640. Yeah. 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 So, and, and it was just, it was ridiculous really that they were trying to paint the entire event with such a broad brush of villainy when that was the most that they got out of their whole operation with the feds and the state and massive amounts of manpower and money. So. Look forward to hearing that. Uh, that will be some good perspective from from Chains, who you've actually attended Sturgis a couple times. Uh, yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I left that open there? I, I knew, I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm gonna if you wanna if you wanna stall for me, I'm gonna check in and see if she's having any issues with the platform here, real fast. If you wanna. Stall for me. I want to stall. Yeah. Start a rant or well, something. Start a rant. That's yeah. That's what I'm good at. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, no. We've just we we've talked to some different people throughout different NGOs. We've we've got some people coming on board. They definitely want to shed some light on some of the real issues that are going on. And in turn, they also want to let people know what's what's truly going on, what's real and what's fake. Um, a lot of them have issues where they're fighting for for funding to try to stay alive, you know. Um, and we've also got some people that tell you all about how many doors got slammed in their face when they were asking for help. So hopefully. In all reality, uh, we can uh, broaden everyone's horizons a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that really, guys, that that's the biggest 
biggest issue that we come across, I would say, um, in the midst of all of this is just uh, people's narrow mindedness. I mean, would you say that's probably one of the biggest things that we have to fight? Oh yeah. Yeah. I always say that people are wear blinders. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, as we heard last week, you know, you, it wasn't just coming from us where it's, you know, people have to stick their head in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved how she said it was, uh, they like to stick their head in their sand cause it's warm and it's nice and it's safe and you don't have to see what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So I think I heard that before. Huh? So I think I heard. Yeah. That it sounded like a direct quote to me, but anyway, but no, it's like I said, it's just when, you know, like I said, it's not just coming from us so that it's got to, you know, it's got some validity to it if people don't want to really pay attention to what we say or take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's not just us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy because, unfortunately, with with our she said she's got three minutes left on download for I guess I guess she had to actually install the platform. So um, anyway, um, it's easy. F- Such a girl. Say what? Such a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, nothing personal. That's just a joke. I say every so often. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of those inside jokes. <laughs> well, it's, you know, like when I call somebody a Sally. Yes. So. Yes. The, <laughs> uh, shoot, made me lose my train of thought. Nice going. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the people in this who are passionate about it can come across as conspiratorial or, you know, just straight up nut job. Bat shit crazy. That's it. That's it. And, and it's easy for us in our, in our society because we are absolutely saturated with that aspect of the conspiracy theorist. I mean, go on YouTube and it's, it's, you know, you can scroll through your main feed and you'll, you'll almost be bound to come across something conspiratorial, be it about a celebrity or, you know, the aliens are coming to take your brains and make everybody wear polo shirts or something, you know, there's, it's there and it's easy, especially about such a dark subject as human trafficking. Um, and especially with the information that's brought to light from these people who live this it's easy to group it in that conspiratorial category, which means that it's almost becomes like a, um, like a film or like a, like a form of entertainment. You can take it or leave it and you can take as much as you want to just to have that shock and awe and get, get your jollies and then go home. Well, in all reality, it has become entertainment because you have so many NGOs that are trying to make movies and documentaries and, and, you know, <laughs> oh, I hear the ding. Is that you, Tish? Hello, Tish. Welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, Tish. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right, excellent. So, everybody, find the way there for a second. Yeah, yeah, a little oh. bit of a delay. So. Everyone, this this is Tish. She is incredibly special to to us, as you heard us uh, earlier say. She's uh, the yin to our yang. She's the same type of passion, power, force. She's a force of nature in her own right uh, when it comes to this stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, so, 
open the floor to you, Tish, now, and, and really just, I guess, I guess, start off by uh, introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about your passion for this and kind of what brought you to this dance in the first place. Well, I'll tell you what brought me to the dance. <laughs> Started about in 2006. First of all, I'm Letitia Boniface, and I'm the founder um, and executive director of Central Nebraska Human Trafficking Outreach. And we're located in Lexington, Nebraska. Um, what got me started in this? I've been in victim services for oh, quite a little bit, about 20 years. And I first started in the domestic violence world, um, domestic violence and sexual assault. Then I went to work for our state coalition. Um, and in that capacity, um, I had the opportunity to become BIA accredited, which allowed me to practice immigration law without having to pass the bar. So I was able to help the 21 domestic violence programs in our network to be able to help individuals apply for U visas, VAWA self petitions um, and T visas. Um, once we lost our funding, I went to work with a law firm um, with a defense attorney, which is not my cup of tea because I, I couldn't be on the, the side of, of the defender. Mm -hmm. I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't work in that capacity. So my boss told me, he said, you're always talking about this victim stuff. Um, what's missing? And I said, there's no services for victims of trafficking. Hmm. Um, and he actually helped me apply and uh, paid for my 501c3. And I'm here five and a half years later. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. So as, as part of that, with, with what, what, what does your organization do? What does your NGO do specifically address? Well, we do the direct service piece. Mm -hmm. As far as dealing with victims of, domestic, of uh, human trafficking, um, I provide the crisis intervention, the de-escalation emergency transportation, shelter, uh, medical. I've now been able to, um, being able to keep some of the individuals I'm serving in our area hmm. and be able to, to offer them uh, trauma-informed therapy. So um, that, in a, it's, it's, um, it's a lot, but I think there's so much more that can be done. Hmm. Yes. And you, yeah. you are, you're the tip of the spear for this organization. I mean, you do most of this yourself. You're hands-on with all of it. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I do it all by myself. Um, of course, my husband, um, if we're, we're out um, somewhere, he's he knows where I'm at. He's usually in the vicinity, but um, usually, yeah, I'm just on my own. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and now this is this is an interesting question that we ask a lot of the people who, who we talk to um, within the mm -hmm. NGO community. How were you initially received with among the other NGOs that are out there when you came in to, to oh, fill in this niche? Well, in the beginning, it was I fit perfect I, I fit fit great but after a while um things started to change a little bit um and so I felt that I couldn't be on that playground anymore mm. um and the reason I say that is because um I, I understand there's people are getting grant money there there's certain things that they have to do and and say and follow um I on the other hand really am not tied to that <laughs> and so uh, it makes Say it nicely. I you don't I, have to. You don't have to say it's nice. Yeah, we're, we're we're very non PC. So <laughs> I, I know, but but the the way you know, um, there's there's just no way to tell a person no. Hmm. Um, I don't. Um, I know there's policies and procedures, and that's great. Um, but I'm a hands on. I want things done, and I want things done now. And the only way to do that is to continue doing what I'm doing the way I am. I love you so much. You know that. That that is awesome. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it's that issue of you can't wait for the board members to decide 
on on what you're going to do. You have to right, and and I think and my board um, is really on 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 board with what mm-hmm. I do, um, and they're you know they're behind the scenes. They don't they don't do any of the day to day stuff, um, but they're there. They do help some, do some fundraising. They get the word out about what we're doing. They refer a lot of um, a lot of people to mm-hmm. me, um, especially. I mean, I'm getting requests from all over the United States now from um, to help with missing kids, missing individuals, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think um, we've been pretty successful in all the ones that we've, that uh, we've helped with. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think one is maybe just be deceased at this point, And another one was um, in fact, actually found and in fact found deceased, but you know, there's so much people can do um, if, and they've got to be inclusive, man, you've got to be able to, to reach out and say, Hey, I, you know, can you help with this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't, and I'm not afraid to ask for help for anybody. For myself, I am. You know, it's hard for me to, hey, I need your help here or there. But for somebody else that I'm advocating on their behalf, that's my job. That's my job, job as an advocate to be, to say and speak up for them when they can't. And so I have no problem asking other people. I reach out to you all the time saying, hey, you got um, people in this area. You got people in this yep. area. And the reason I do that is because um, when these families reach out or when these individuals reach out, especially the men that are being trafficked. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it hits me in the core where we've got to do something now. I cannot say that, oh, we don't have room and shelter. Well, you know what? I don't need your shelter. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, but that we'll put them here. And so, you know, and, and more men are coming forward. And oh, so, wow, you know, with awesome. that being said, and we're, yeah, we live in, we, well, we got one of the porn industry, um, one that was actually being traded for drugs. Um, and then one was being solicited and uh, was brought here for, as a young, young man. Um, and this man, he, um, he actually perps on uh, young undocumented, not boys, they're young men. To me, they're boys, mm-hmm. but they're young men. And so they're starting to come forward. But in our community, we live, we have so much diversity that working, you got to figure out and find a way um, what best helps them. And, you know, I, when I, I always tell people is what they need, not what do I think they need. You know, I could have stuff stand by. I could have, you know, their, their clothes, the toiletries, the, the gas cards, the mental health, all of that stuff. But it, when I say victim-centered, it's like, what do you need? What can I possibly help you with? Because you're dealing with so many diverse people. You don't know the different cultures. So you have to be open to learning that mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of people, well, you know, are, I got one question from a different service provider. Well, are they Hispanic? And I said, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Hispanic, Hispanic. And I said, I, I'm not understanding what does that have to do with what you could possibly do for her? Yeah. Well, we have money set aside. And I said, you know, I don't, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, you know, so it's got to be, people have to be able, be willing to, to the openness, you know, because some of the cultures that we're dealing with, it is very, um, and, and different, you know, from different countries and from, you know, diff- just different nationalities. A lot of this stuff is just um, okay in their eyes. You know, for example, I, I, um, I uh, interpret for a drug and alcohol counselor. So, you know, there's a lot of people that go in there on probation and, um, um, and it's none of my business. I don't really care what they do as long as they're not trafficking women. However, um, 
one of the guys was walking over with when with his PO with his probation officer, and he told him, you know, uh, whatever his name was, you don't you don't have a job. How are you? Um, how are you making money? And he put it in different words, but he said, I said, I'm basically sell, I'm selling my mm. hose. And he said, to his probation office officer. So when they walked in, that was immediately reported, but he, he had, he had no problem telling his probation officer what hotel and what he was doing there. That's how he was wow. making his money, you know? So, um, they got on that right away, but you know, still no one was arrested wow. for it. Wow. And you deal pretty heavily within those, those, uh, multinational, uh, what would be considered minority communities and groups too. Yeah. You know, and I think the, um, what people are finally starting to realize, like, um, like in the Grand Island area, there's a couple of gangs, pretty prominent gangs, um, that are moving girls. And if I'm getting the call in Lexington, why are people in, in Grand Island not, you know, you guys are in great, I'm getting the calls from Grand Island. Mm-hmm. You know, why aren't we making those reporting that? And so, you know, and they're, you know, they, they get these girls. I, the ones that I've been, that I've seen are preying on heavier set uh, Caucasian single mothers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got a call from the library in Grand Island one day that, um, these two guys from a you know a different culture minority and had came in and they were going to take her and she had no choice but to go. I said, well, why you you know why you call me? Mm-hmm. Call the cops. I mean, I was appreciative right. of the call. Get me wrong, but you know, call someone that could get there right now. And I think law enforcement even now that we've been working you know so mm-hmm. much together, I think they're you know we've worked with each other for the last twenty years in the same area. However, I think it's a different approach mm-hmm. now. Um, I think uh, um, they're really wanting to know what it looks like instead of, oh, it's not happening. Oh, that's encouraging. They really want to know what does it look like? You know, how do I, how do I identify this? And what do I call it? You know, because most of these, these the traffickers are getting arrested for 30 mm-hmm. assault domestic. You know, you know they get yeah. months probation, anger, and they're, yep. and they're gone. But the people that they're trafficking, they're not looking beneath the surface they're not digging they're not asking and so now i think that more people are getting trained on it and what to do and how to look and how to how to actually sit down and, and investigate and even you know do a proper intake will get you this information so you don't have kids to get if that makes sense yes yes and are you finding that the um they're taking the information you give them as credible. I mean, are they treating it as credible in terms of human trafficking? Um, I think they are, but what I do um, on every call that I get, I make sure that the national hotline oh, gets Polaris. And the reason, yeah, the reason I do that is because that comes straight to the AG's attorney's task force here. Um, and the information that I'm feeding is not specific to the individual that I'm serving. Mm because then my credibility would be shot. The information I'm giving is license plates, um, cars, pictures, um, you know, any information that they can possibly start looking for people because I get a lot of information, hmm. a lot. Um, but to, to respect the individuals that I serve, there's a lot that I don't release, if yeah. that makes sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the <laughs> the rare, I, I, I hate to say that it's rare, but it's the, 
issue of not revictimizing the victim victim. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think too, if, if you're, if you're really a victim centered, you know, organization, then I, I don't need a panel. I don't need to be out there. I just need to know that this individual is safe. If, hmm. if just for tonight that he or she is safe. Hence another reason why we love you so much. Yeah. Well, I love you guys too. <laughs> that, like you said, you know, you're looking for glory, you're not wanting that pat on the back. You know, you're, you're in this for, oh. for the heroes. You're just trying to. No, the heroes are the people that we serve, man. That's, I'm a firm believer in that. They're, you know, they're the professionals, they're the heroes. I'm just here, to, I'm a student, I'm here to learn. And I learned from them and I'm learning from the best because they know what's going on on those streets. They know who's, who's where and who's moving, who, who, where, and you know, they know that stuff. And so for me to sit, sit with a pen and paper and make sure I check out that list, you know, they, a lot of people have lists that you got to check off. Did I do this? Did I do that? I don't have that. I'm very down to earth. I'm, I'm just a normal human being and I treat them like a human being, mm-hmm. you know, and now that we're able to, um, offer some trauma-informed therapy. You know, there's a lot of them that are making a lot of good oh, progress. Excellent. Yeah. That is awesome. On the community to get involved with all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. As far as that goes, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, is that something that you guys do as, as far as that, or is this something that is just, you know, vision mindset working kind of in the shadows? Well, I kind of, the way, the way that I, I, I do a lot of stuff um, is when I go present or, or do an awareness event and I do, oh gosh, I can't even tell you how many throughout the year. Um, there's people that really want to help. And so what I find, finally started doing um, is, is the cash always nice? Absolutely. That'll buy us a bus, bus ticket. That'll get us $25 um, gas cards. But the, where they want to help and they really, they don't necessarily want to be on the front lines. Now there's some that mm-hmm. do, um, but and I won't, I won't allow that, but the majority of them just want to, want to help. They want to do something. So what I had them start doing is making, you know, I do, do street outreach. So um, they made me these bags with toiletries and um, you know, snacks and water bottle and, um, and five bucks in each bag. Hmm. And they, and I presented at this place and they said, why five bucks? I said, because sometimes all they want is a pack hmm. of smokes. And we hand them that bag and they could do whatever they want with that five bucks, you know, and to us, five bucks is nothing, but to someone that we're serving, um, you know, that could be a jackpot. Yeah, absolutely. That could be people from turning another trick mm. for that night. Yep. You know, she doesn't have to turn. She has smoke. So she has that money or she has what she needs to wash her hair or what mm-hmm. she, you know, those needs are for, even if for a short time. Hmm. And I, and I think um, we've got to look at the, the services that we provide. Um, you know, we're with human trafficking where domestic violence was 20 years ago. So when I look at that, um, this wasn't even talked about when I was in the domestic violence sexual assault world. However, during my tenure there and, and doing those immigration cases, um, you know, these were all third degree assault domestic and this girl's face was ripped off, you know? And so you know, and it was in 2006 when I finally said, we're missing the boat. We're missing this. Um, and I, so we started talking about it at the coalition level. As soon as we lost our funding there, that idea kind of went away. So then when I started up in 2013, then there was people, you know, there's 
people popping up all over doing the work, which is great. I would love for all of us to yeah. work together. Um, you know, um, but I think that now that people are really talking about, they're wanting to help, how can we do this? What, you know, and there's been uh, a couple of couples here in our area that have actually opened their homes oh, to excellent. them. So I don't have yeah, so I don't have to tell anybody, no. That is excellent. You know. And that's very interesting how you described it, where, you know, where domestic was, domestic violence was 20 years ago. Because it's it's really, people still don't understand what happens, for real. No, and they don't really look at, um, people want to know the, the meat and potatoes of a story, mm-hmm. okay? I get that, we're human. Um, but I don't need to know the meat and potatoes. Hmm. If If you're telling you've been victimized in any way, shape or form. You don't have to prove that to me. Mm. And, and a lot of people need that proof. I don't need proof. You tell me you're victimized. You're going to get my help. You need a bus ticket. You need food. You need a pack of smokes. You need whatever it is, a pair of socks. One of my girls just wanted, I just need a pair of socks and a, and a smoke. And I thought she needed a, you know, a fresh pair of clothes and undies and mm-hmm. a shower. And she, in her mind, she had been tricking for four days um, at one of our truck stops and she was a lesbian. So she was being violated and she had been there four days and couldn't make 119 bucks for a bus. Oh, ticket. Wow. Yeah. And so when I got her, she got in my car, hadn't showered, whatever. And I, and I, and I just remember the, the smell and I was in my mind saying, Oh my gosh, she needs this, 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 and this. And then my, my voice just said, shut up and ask her what she mm-hmm. needs. And I said, what is I can help you with and she said honestly I just need a smoke and a pair of socks wow and that that easy easy fix had her on a bus that afternoon so you know um you have to be willing to um really be open-minded and know how to reach out to reach out to other people that no I don't have this resource you know um no I I, I need your help I need um I need a bus ticket I need uh medical I need you know for the in- individuals that we're serving like when a lot of times when um, we're at debt, I speak and there's a dentist, mm-hmm. they send me like a year's supply of toothpaste and toothbrush. So that's doing something. Yes. You know, and people really, people really want to help. It's just in what capacity I'm not big enough of an organization to bring someone in to, to train them to do what I do. Hmm. And, and if I did have funding, you know, and eventually maybe that'll happen. I could bring in people to train because I am getting older. You know, and I would, you know, like some younger people, when I first started this stuff, I was still in my 20s, you know, in their own community. Because wherever I speak, I take numbers if I've helped someone in that area. Mm. And I bring that to them. And, and they're, they're, you know, stuff really starts sticking because that personalized it that in McCook, Nebraska, this is happening. Mm. I got a call from Hastings saying, Letitia, I don't know if this is the case. I said, Gave me the guy's name. Gave me the guy's name. I looked him up. I said, he's a sex offender. Um, they're going to have to go after him. So they did go after him, and they ended up having putting him in jail down in McCook. Um, but he was like 48, and she was like 18. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, I mean, so people are, I think people are looking for that monster-looking guy. Um, you know, whether it be the trick or the, you know, whether it be the the John or the, or the trafficker. And, you know, normal day everyday people yeah wow so that's i mean you're you're really engaged in in the places where 
this stuff is not made, you know, this, this isn't the big time stuff that the <clears throat> cops are looking for. This is the, the nitty gritty street stuff where it's one or two girls at a time, you know, one, one or two boys. These are the things that are yeah. overlooked by a lot of organizations. And I'll tell you what the, the challenge that I'm having with the men that the young men that are coming forward, they're, they're just embarrassed. I mean, this one kid, he had three DUIs like in 45 days. Clean record mm. before that. I was like, you know, guy, what's going on? So he started disclosing and, you know, he didn't, he didn't say everything, but he had to be violated, you know, and nobody reached out to him. And I tried to get him uh, mental health therapy, but they, um, or the trauma-informed therapy, but um, it was already too late. They had already had their, um, their nails in them and they, and they took him. But, um, you know, it's very hard to even get them to admit that this is happening. Um, they're in a, you know, this little guy in particular, you know, he's in a different country. Um, he knows. And, and, you know, and just talking about this stuff within the community, people know mm. who this man is. And I'm saying, well, why aren't, why aren't you reporting? Well, my son used to hang out there. And I'm, if I could find someone under 18, oh, I'm yep. going to nail him. But, you know, but if, uh, but if they're all older, you know, they're 19 and up. The youngest I found is 19. And uh, his mom actually approached me and said, can you tell me about if this is going on? And I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. She said, well, he was buying my, my son, you know, buckle jeans and, and boots and gold chains and all that stuff. I told her, get him out of there. Wow. And talk to him. If things happen to him, you need to get that reported. So, you know, the, the, that's the most challenging that I, that's what I'm facing now that, which is the most challenging to, actually how to how to comfort a man you know how to say, okay man you know um let's get you somewhere nobody needs to know yeah if you want to yep. you know, wow so. but that's about Just what i do that's really- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that- earlier you earlier you touched on the issue of a t visa yes uh can- that the t visa Okay. I was say, can you explain that to some of the people that have no clue what a TV say is? It looks like we lost her. Hang on, I'll send her a thing and get her back. Wow, isn't that strange? We start talking about TVs. Yeah, yeah, hang on. But we also, and she touched on it about uh, training. Uh, a lot of law enforcement, things like that, they don't have proper training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is a shame because what they don't realize is, you know, Homeland Security will come right to them with one of the greatest programs out there to teach them. Yes. Because at at last I remember, I believe they, you know, I believe law enforcement was only given like the training. Okay, are we there? Oh, there she is. Okay. Okay, so we were talking about the T visa. Um, the T visa was um, like the VAWA self petitions where the Violence Against Women Act was signed in 1994. Um, and a part of that, they be, there was a U visa. Uh, and the VAWA self petition is um, an Im- immigration benefit afforded to victims of domestic violence that are married to um, United States citizens or legal permanent residents. Well, they found that 
some of them were coming forward. However, the other victims of other crimes weren't coming to for uh, coming forward because they were undocumented. Hmm. So then the youth so was developed, and that what that does is everybody is undocumented, but individuals. There's like 16 different crimes that it follow that um that it covers. You know, from murder to sexual yeah. assault to violence. Yeah, I was thinking it was generally any crime of power and control, if I remember right. Um, yeah, and I think there's like 16 of them in general. So then, then they are, and and that would either that could even help a human trafficking victim. Now the T visa is something a little bit different. That's geared towards victims of trafficking, and immigration um, an in, immigration agent could grant them continuous presence immediately hmm. if they if they can in fact find that they are um, a victim of trafficking. Now they have to cooperate with your U visas. You have to cooperate with law enforcement. Your T visas, you can um, cooperate as the best that you can, but that actually leads to, a, to a legal permanent residency. Right. And, and you know, a lot of times those are hard to prove because most of the time, by the, by the time I get them, um, they've been all over the United States. Mm. So we don't know what street we were on. I just know that I was in McAllen, Texas. I'm not sure, but um, they brought me into Springfield, Missouri. Right. Sure, but I know I was in California. So um, if, that's, if that's believable, and I work with one agent here in particular who's phenomenal. Um, yeah. One of my girls from Burma. She's having some issues with her, with yeah. her phone. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead anyway because and, and let her get on with her evening. Okay. Uh, go ahead and pull her back in for a quick, uh, you know, Hi, bye, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because she does, she has a, uh, a deal to be up and, and rolling before most of us have gotten our first couple hours of sleep. So she is. Sally. <clears throat> yeah, well, okay. Well, most of us, I said. Most of us. Yeah. So, all right, hang on. I'll see if I can get her back in real fast. So, and, you know, with our current political environment, it doesn't really matter what side of the aisle you're on when it comes to human trafficking. This is kind of a, I feel should be a unifier um, across the board because it's something that no matter where you stand, you can agree needs to be dealt with, but you know, victims, it doesn't matter. Are you back? Hello. Okay. Well, Hey, we're going to let you get on with your evening anyway, since I know you told me you didn't have much time, but go ahead and finish yes. uh, explaining that. What, what, where was I at? Where did I lose uh, you guys? With the T visa, you were at the point where um, you said the one female was able to get immediate permanent residency because of the information she was able to pass on. Well, what she's, what she's able to get is immediately is as continuous presence, which means that she's not um, um, deployable. Or, um, so then we have to apply, and then she's granted that um, eventually legal permanent resident and, and citizenship. But this is great that these laws are out there. However... You can bring in a person to talk about this stuff, but if you're not reaching out to those communities, you know, those, their, their cultures and let them know whether it be in the Catholic church or the mosque or the, you know, whoever is in the, those different, the different communities, they don't know that those laws are here to protect mm-hmm. them. Well, once again, down so, to awareness again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people have that, uh, that uh, uncomfortable conversation and people just aren't willing to admit that this stuff is happening. Until it happens to one of theirs, you know? Yes. Yes, so. absolutely. Uh, she is right with uh, being able to 
reach out with into those situations where you wouldn't <clears throat> normally go, you know, maybe just because of how you were raised or, you know, where you grew up or whatever else, but because it happens in the world, you're not willing to touch. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big one. Uh, our society isn't, isn't prepared, which is really strange because, you know, there's not a whole lot of kids out there that haven't played some kind of murder, death, die video game, you know? Right. Uh, and I recall, I believe it was a year or two ago, wasn't it? One of the uh, video games was actually uh, promoting a guy picking up a prostitute off the street and killing her. Yes. It was, you know, they, they actually, they actually installed that into a video game and, and it, I mean, it's like, what what are what are people really getting conditioned to? The problem is people see this stuff, and you know, you know that video game. Some people live in that world, yeah, but yes. you know, on the whole, it's like, oh, it's just a game. You know, um, it's just like we've said before. You know, when people see certain things, it's like, oh, it doesn't. It that's just not how it is. Yeah. And. You know, yes. As, as she also brought in was uh, trying to help these people, give them what they need. You know, it was just like us in a, in a rescue situation. You know, one of the first things after we get somebody safe, you know, we immediately will tell them, you're not a victim anymore, you're a survivor. And one of the next things that comes out of our mouth was, when was the last time you ate? Yes. You know, we want yep. to get, we want to get food in their bellies. We want to get them nourishment. We want them to to feel comfortable again. We want them to know that not everybody's evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she uh, she just messaged me. She said uh, her phone's not not cooperating with her, so she said thanks for having her, and uh, uh, she'll be back again sometime when yeah. she has more time yeah she really spoke i mean she brought a lot of great points yeah yeah that was that was a blitz load of information i'm gonna have to go back and listen to it again yeah yeah and and i'll tell you you know there there's been several times where you know she's made that phone call in, in the middle of the night to us and she's been right there right next to us when we're doing extractions yes yeah, there there is a woman without fear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the fact that she's trying to handle it all, in all reality, she's trying to handle it all by herself. Yes, she does have her husband. She's got a few people, friends that are helping her. Um, but I'm telling you, she's kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, and, and what she didn't want to say earlier because she was trying to find a PC way of saying things was, you know, she she butts heads. She's not afraid to butt heads with with the people that are impeding progress. Yeah. You know, and, and by impeding progress, you know, we're talking, you know, whether it be judicial, you know, law enforcement, whatever, you know. Um, yep. So... You know, she really, she brought a lot of light in her area, and 
it, yeah, if if we had another fifty of her across the country, you'd be <laughs> what what could happen because what she's just done in her state is incredible. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And and really you you and her are kind of the the yin and yang of the same of the same type of type of mold. I mean it's the <laughs> as far as that goes, just just to give everybody an idea of, of what he means by kicking ass and taking names. I mean it's she literally there's not a situation that she won't throw herself into. Well yeah, I always looked at her like that little sister in yeah. all reality. <laughs> Uh, you know, because you know she she she'll look you right in the eye and call a spade a spade. You know, yep. and you know as we spoke in the, in the preview of it, of, yeah, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and it's it's really a blessing. I mean, re- really, to have have someone like her who is well, there to stand alongside you. What she does, which sets. And I don't care what anybody says because everybody says that they're all this way. But what she does is she is solely about victim services. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what she's about is turning a victim into a survivor. Yeah. You hear that from everybody of, oh, we're victim services. We're victim services. Uh, you're, no, you're not. You know, you're dealing with it second, third down the line. Right. You know, it granted you are helping, yes, a lot of a lot of people. And like I said, there I go on I'm starting to get into one of my spiels. But <laughs> but when you truly see what a real anti trafficking activist does, I mean, she's literally the definition of it. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it, it's just, you know, she, she's not afraid to go toe to toe with the gangs. You know, she's not afraid to go toe to toe with law enforcement. No. You know, and that's why she's built such a good rapport with them is because of that. Everyone respects her. Yeah. You know, they yeah. say this. People demand respect, and some people command respect. And you know, she's she's one of those people that everyone just respects her because of how she does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I'll say it with us. You know, there's a whole lot of people that don't respect us at all because of how we are. Yeah. You know, but. Know, when the big bad wolf comes knocking, we're everybody's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Phones start lighting up, messenger, everything. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying, you know. So, you know, when you, when, when she talks, you need to listen. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, it, like we, you know, and, and that's what we're trying to do with, by bringing these people on board is to let people know that. These are these are some of the best that are out there. Yeah, you know, and and it's not us patting ourselves on the back because we're affiliated with a lot of these people. Because there's some people that we're going to have on here that we're really technically not affiliated with. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I can smile and puff my chest out when I say, yeah, you know, these are, these are affiliates of ours, you know, and, and all of us do that. It's like, we're, we're so grateful that, uh, God put us all on that path. Yes, absolutely. He put us all there for a reason. And the fact that all of our paths intertwined was just, it was a godsend. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was, it's, it's that foundational type of thing that comes along once in a lifetime type of thing where everybody aligns and comes together at the same time. Yeah. The stars aligned on, on a lot of things, you know, Some of them shined bright and then fell out of the sky. <laughs> well, hey, you got you got to have a few falling stars. Right, but a few were, you know, they still shine very bright, and and like I said, you know, Tish is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know, I know, we had this one was a little rough. We had some, obviously, we had some technical issues with everything. So, um. But you know we will have we will have her on again, um, and uh, like we said, we will have <clears throat> the others that we have lined up. Hopefully, I uh, don't know exactly when, but that is all in the works. Um, I don't know. Do you, did you have any closing thoughts on everything? Well, I have any closing thoughts? Yes, <laughs> I always have. I always have thoughts. Yeah, yeah. You know. It, once again, you know, you're, you, you know, we, we brought somebody for people to listen to that is, she was facing a battle all by herself and she fought and fought and fought and didn't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can only hope that some of the people that are listening to this could gather that same tenacity. Yes. And, and understand the fact of, wow, she was doing this all by herself for several years. What could happen if me and a couple of my girlfriends or a couple of my boyfriends or, or whatever, what if, you know, what if my little, you know, what if my bridge meeting got involved? What if my book club got involved? Mm-hmm. Imagine what you could do. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, you, you heard, you heard it her from her. She, she could have had a very promising career making money within the uh, judicial system. Yes. And she chose to leave that behind for the sake of victims. And, and guys, that's really what it's about. I mean, you hear us with us, we, we, we speak of it in terms of the crusade and, and really that's, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. You're just looking at life completely different. It's not about what we can do for us. It's about what we can do for for the victims. That is our passion. So, I, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've got, pe- I've got people to aggravate this evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, I, I got to sign off so I can uh, go back to my, my uh, day job. Yeah. Money makers so that you can, keep doing this. So, uh, 
Well, everyone, we do appreciate you tuning in and listening. Um, you know, do apologize for the roughness out of our hands, but you know, that's part of our, part of our shtick. This is, this is who we are. It's rough. It's raw <clears throat> and it's going to be honest. So, um, until next time, there are sheep, there are sheep dogs, and there are wolves, and it's time for you to decide where you stand. <laughs>